Welcome to another NCBI podcast. NCBI is the Irish National Sight Loss Agency. We are a not-for-profit charity which offers support and services to people of all ages who are experiencing difficulties with their eyesight. If you would like more information on our services, please visit www.ncbi.ie. Hey, my name is Kevin Kelly. I'm the head of advocacy with NCBI. And over the last few weeks, we've been bringing you a series of interviews with uh, lots of interesting, fun, innovative uh, pieces. Uh, so uh, we hope to uh, continue that uh, today. And I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Dr. Donald Fitzpatrick from uh, DCU. Donald, uh, thanks for joining me. Thank you, Kevin. Morning. Not too bad. So uh, many, many of the people who are uh, listening to this piece will be well aware that uh, you're blind uh, you're, yourself. Uh, so do you want to tell me a little bit about your background first? Sure. Yeah. So um, I was born blind and went through the normal school system here that blind people went through back in the 70s, 80s and 90s. Um, went to St. Joseph's as it was and uh, Ross Mini finished up there went on up to DCU and um, did my undergrad up in DCU and then became a professional waster to the, you know, a postgrad and became a lecturer. So um, my own background is computer science um, or software development. And what I've been working on for the last wee while is, well, wee while being 20 odd years, um, looking at how we can make fairly complex visual material accessible so particularly things like mathematics diagrams and all that kind of thing so my background really is in how you take an interface and actually make it accessible i guess is the best way to to summarize it Yes, that uh, sounds uh, really interesting, and I suppose it's maybe uh, an area of research that was uh, sparked by your own kind of uh, struggles through the academic uh, system and the way that uh, maths were taught uh, to blind and vision impaired students, and probably still are to a large degree. Absolutely, the the the, the fact of the matter is that the way blind people can access mathematics has not changed very much since my days. As, as a as a you know primary and secondary school student, like th- there's still very very few blind people who can do honors maths because the curriculum is not designed in such a way that you know is to make it possible for blind people to actually do a lot of the maths. You know you've got a lot of visual stuff in there. Blind people struggle with things like draw draw this theorem or prove this theorem, um, because they can't. We can't um, you know, put pen to paper and actually draw these things. So. When I went through school, for example, um, I simply wasn't allowed to do honours maths. It's, it's, it's that simple. And then when it came to pass maths, I, I knew the material, but the extra time in the exams wasn't there to give me the time to actually put the stuff down on paper. So even though I knew the stuff, the grade that I actually got in maths was actually my worst in the, in the whole leaving cert. And um, I know from talking to other blind people, it's exactly the same, that, that we, we, you know, we have people who, again, knew the stuff and just, just couldn't get it onto paper, either because the tech wasn't there or because they didn't have enough time in exams. You know? And, I mean, despite the, I mean, okay, now we've got things like Braille Notes and Polaris's and all these kind of you know, gadgets and gizmos that we can all use and enjoy. But the, the, the core noble thing is that, that we still haven't really got the access and we haven't got the, the curriculum design to actually help us 
do the thing that we actually need need or want to do you know yeah well you're talking to another uh, blind person uh, here today that uh, really uh, struggled uh, uh, with the maths and particularly getting the concept of uh, cylinders and fractions and all of that stuff really caused uh, me a great deal of trouble and uh, in my leaving cert my uh, Pat's maths grade was definitely uh, my worst grade. So yeah, yeah. a lot of a lot of people will be uh, um, delighted to hear that um, you're investing some time in your research project to uh, go some way to try to uh, lessen that problem. Well, I think so. I, I think we absolutely have to because the the Association for Higher Education Access and Disability, everyone knows them as a head, um, has it publishes stats every single year. But the number of people going on to third level and you know, the, the kind of stuff that, 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 that blind people are actually doing. And um, you can see year on year a, a very worrying trend downwards in the number of blind people going on to third level and so on, you know. And um, part of the reason for that is that we, we can't do the maths. And, and because you can't do the maths, I mean, let's think about the other number of studies that that actually impacts on. Okay, so some of the sciences, like most of the sciences, let's face it, physics, chemistry, biology, and some of the business subjects, some of the other, you know, accountancy, other, other subjects that actually have, have, have maths and stuff in there, you know. Um, and it's becoming more of a problem because then you get into third level and you start to do all kinds of courses and you suddenly realize, oh, God, there's graphs in there, there's stats in there, there's, there's all kinds of stuff in there. So this, this, this lack of access really, really has a, a very negative effect on college prospects, career prospects, you name it, you know. It certainly uh, does. And uh, if you just even, I'm thinking about my own circle of friends who are blind or vision impaired, who have gone through the uh, school and uh, college uh, system, uh, a lot of people opt uh, for arts and avoid those things that are heavily influenced uh, by math. So this lack of uh, accessibility is really placing uh, barriers on what people uh, can do and achieve, which is really unfair in this day and age. Oh, totally. And I mean, Again, though, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, even in some of the art subjects, like, for example, let's, let's, let's take a traditional subject like geography, okay, which was traditionally one of the arts. You know, it was, as, as far as I can remember, when I was looking at colleges, it was certainly taught as part of the arts faculty. Now, if you look at something like geography, some of, so much of it is things like geographic information systems, you know, remote sensing, looking at, 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 at data from different sensors and different stuff all over the world and how that's actually presented. So what we're actually getting is we're getting, you know, data visualizations, whether it's business, whether it's coronavirus data, whether it's, you name it, we're getting these kind of graphs and tables. And we have to be able to look at these things or listen to these things or feel these things, whichever phrase you want to actually use. Um, And if we can't, it really limits what we can actually do in terms of career, really limits it. And looking at uh, your pro- project specifically, uh, can you tell us about uh, what the nitty gritty of it actually is? And I believe you've developed a prototype. Sure. So this was a project, and is a project which is nearly finished. Um, it's called the Euromath Project, and it is coordinated by my colleagues over in NASK in, in, in Poland. So there's NASK, as I say, with the coordinator. There's Royal Dutch Visio, Royal Visio in the Netherlands, who are um, a user organization. They, 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 they run schools and do a lot of work in education in the Netherlands and themselves in DCU. And the basic aim of it was, was, was two things, actually. 
one, we wanted to produce um, an editor that would enable, or a tool or a platform, call it what you will, that would enable blind people and sighted teachers to communicate mathematics. So we took the notion that a teacher might want to, for example, give their blind child either a worksheet or they might want to give a document containing some text which might have an explanation and some maths embedded in there. And essentially what we can do um, is that the teacher can actually write that in their preferred you know, printed style notation. Um, the blind student will then get that and they can navigate it using either synthetic speech. Uh, it works really well with NVDA um, and or Braille. So um, if you have, for example, a bit of text in there, you know, something along the lines of, okay, you're, you're doing something very simple like fractions. And the teacher starts to explain what the concept of a quarter actually is. And then you have the Braille symbol for a quarter, you know, or the teacher is talking about a quadratic equation and they explain what a quadratic equation is. And then they actually write the formula, you know, minus B plus or minus the square root of B squared minus 4AC over 2A. That's going to bring back nightmares for people. And, and um, well, that's, that's the, the old leaving cert formula. So it's going to be, I can guarantee that people listen to that having nightmares. Um, so what, what that can do is you can put your text in there. The person preparing the worksheet can actually write that in standard print notation, and then that gets translated back into Braille. What's really nice about it, though, is, is that, say, for example, then based on that, they give the blind students some exercises, you know, solve the following equation using that particular formula. They can solve those equations using Unified English Braille, UEB. Type them in in Braille, and that gets translated back then into printed notation for the teacher. So you haven't got this problem that you've had before where, for example, the, 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 the blind child has to call back to the teacher or the teacher has to learn um, the Braille notation, for example, or you're waiting on one of the visiting teachers to actually arrive or the, 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 the special needs assistant to actually help or whatever. So um, that was the first phase of it. And then the second bit was we realized that uh, some teachers might struggle to actually convey concepts. And it's funny because your, your comment earlier, Kevin, on the cylinder, rang bells, because it's actually one of the ones that, that really causes problem. You know, what's the area or the volume of a cylinder? What is a cylinder, you know? So we've put between the three organizations, 300 worksheets up there. We've called them worksheets. They're kind of just documents, again, prepared using the Euromath platform, which say, right, this is actually how you teach this concept to a blind child. So there are resources actually available for the teachers, um, which will help them to um, convey the concepts. Now, they're very much proof of concept. And the lovely thing about it is that they, teachers can actually expand it with their own, their own knowledge. There's this collection of useful resources with, with, with their own knowledge. And uh, maybe this has happened uh, already, but is this your hope that uh, teachers will uh, download it and feedback their um, thoughts on the system and you'll capture the thoughts and views of students who are blind and vision impaired? Absolutely. We've already had a, a trial in, in actually one of the, the higher education institutions in, in Ireland. We had a, um, a situation where somebody needed access to, to eight piece of software that would help them with mathematics as part of a course. 
so we actually made the, the order math application available to them and um, they've actually been using it in payments. We've actually got feedback. We'd be delighted to get more, but just to correct one slight thing, there's no need to download this. It runs in any standard web browser. So basically, you just open a browser, go to a web address, and you can actually do everything inside a fairly standard web browser. And the, the lovely thing about that, of course, is, is that um, all of the normal, say, for example, you're using JAWS, or you're using NVDA, or you're using your Braille Note Touch, all of the commands that you're used to using in the web browser actually apply. So you don't... There's a bit of a learning curve, I won't lie, but a lot of it is actually the standard things that, that particularly the blind children who are used to using the tools that they use are familiar with. So there's no download. It's, you do need an internet connection, obviously, but uh, um, that's the, one of the nice things about it. Yeah, that will be a relief for a lot of people uh, listening to this because uh, often uh, people come up uh, with uh, solutions to uh, various problems, but the solution itself causes other uh, challenges. So you really thought uh, about that. So where do you go from here? What's your hope for the project? The hope for the project is that it actually goes on beyond the life scale, life lifetime of um, the you know, the funding, which expires in June, um, that it, it can be taken on, developed further, and, you know, we, we see where it goes. Um, it'd be great to see it actually used in, in schools. And, you know, what would be really lovely is if we could find a way to ensure that it could be embedded successfully into the curriculum here as as a helping at hand as, a, as an aid for the, the students who might actually need it, you know, um, because we do desperately need something. We most uh, definitely do. And I wish you uh, all the uh, best with those uh, conversations. And please come back to us here in the NCBI if we can be of any assistance on that. Donald, just before we wrap up, uh, Braille is obviously something that's uh, very close uh, to your um, heart. Do you think we do enough um, in Ireland uh, to promote uh, Braille? And what are the main benefits, as far as you're concerned, of Braille? I, I don't think you can ever do enough to promote Braille, Kevin. I, I, I certainly couldn't do my job um, as an academic without it. Um, to give you two specific instances, I'm currently reading a document that was submitted by a PhD student I'm supervising. I'm going through that. and. Yes, I'm listening to it, but I'm also reading it in Braille and I'm picking up spelling errors and I'm picking up formatting errors and, you know, in font and everything else. But for some of the science subjects, um, it's, it's, you know, and programming, um, I certainly find it absolutely essential. You can do stuff without it. You really can. I mean, I know people who choose not to use Braille and that's absolutely fair enough. That's, that's their right. That's, that's, that's what they do. But for me personally, I simply couldn't do the job without it. Um, I love being able to download a technical book on, for example, I'm reading one minute about how to develop websites. And I'm reading it in Braille because I can look at the programming code that's actually embedded in the book and I can read it very, very accurately. Um, what I think we have to do is I think we have to really embed Braille into blind people's lives at a very, very, very young age so that it becomes part of their tool set. Okay? So that if, 
for example, on a day-to-day basis. It might be, you know, six days out of seven, your average blind person can get on quite happily with the, the iPhone that speaks, with JAWS, with NVDA, with whatever, you know, speech synthesizers on their computer. But on the day when they actually need Braille, that we have that as available to us and as part of our, our tool set. Um, I, again, I'll stress, I simply couldn't do my job without it. So, yeah. Yeah, no, you've really hit on uh, something there because um, I would have lost uh, my sight uh, when I was a teenager and I only learned Braille uh, predominantly uh, for leaving cert maths and have used it very sparingly uh, since I uh, finished uh, school. But there are occasions where I really regret the decision where I didn't put enough effort in uh, to learning it and hopefully someday I'll go back uh, and learn it because there are aspects of uh, my job where uh, it would be really, really uh, beneficial. So it's really important to uh, stress uh, to people if they have the uh, opportunity, uh, they really should uh, jump at it uh, to learn it because it really uh, will serve you well in the long term, no matter what you choose to do. Oh, I agree with you. I mean, I, I mean, again, I'll stress that. I mean, I could go, I could go a week without picking up a braille display because I can the stuff that I need to do, I can do with speech, and that's that's absolutely fine. But then, when I do pick up the braille display, I can go three or four days and run it and read braille every single day. Um, so it's 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 there when I need it. You know, I mean, I'm going to be correcting. I'll give you a great example. So I'm going to be correcting a lot of student projects and exams now over the next couple of days. And we use a programming language called Python, and it's, it's all based on how the code is actually physically laid out, or it's indented from the, from the left-hand margin. So you've bits of it that are four spaces in, bits of it that are eight spaces in. And yes, you can set up your screen reader to give you beeps to indicate that. So one beep is four spaces, two beeps is eight spaces, and all that kind of thing. Or you can plunk your Braille display in front of you and just keep your finger, you know, four or eight spaces, and you can really quickly detect how that code was actually laid out, you know? And so the point I would say to people is that there are ways that if you don't want to use it, that's fine. But it really should be made available to any blind person who wants it. Um, and the other thing I would say is that where this it really scores is that the, 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 the fantastic innovation recently that, that you guys put together, the, the Bookshare catalog, which is, Probably one of the best things that I've seen happen to blind people in Ireland in the last number of years. So many of the books are actually available now to, to download, whether it's for pleasure reading, whether it's for everything else. And it's just really, really nice to turn off the noise, sit and read something in a bit of Braille. You know, you're out in the garden, you're listening to the birds, you're sitting reading a book and you haven't got the, the sound of speech in your ears. It's just, it's, it's very, very, very nice. Donald, I've really uh, enjoyed uh, speaking to you uh, this morning, and uh, I'm sure we've uh, uh, a few people will be having the old leaving start maths uh, dream in the next uh, few days after you uh, quoting uh, um, various things to us there. Well, you know, unfortunately, the poor students are actually probably dreaming of doing the leaving start and actually getting it out of the way. And in fact, if there are any people listening who are you know, contemplating the leaving cert and, and uh, you know, worried. I would just, I would just say that if, if, if I can be of any help, my DCU email address is publicly available. It's just donald.fitzpatrick at dcu.ie. And if I can help in any way, please do reach out and, uh, and drop me an email. I'd be more than happy to chat and, and, ha- and give a hand because 
in the, the COVID pandemic, we're all stuck at home. We've all got stuff to deal with. And it's a very, very tough time, particularly for, for students and their parents who are facing into leaving certain other school-related issues. So do feel free to reach out either donald.fitzpatrick at dcu.ie or at fitzpatrickd on Twitter. You'll get me at either of them. And uh, if I can help at all, I'm more than happy to do so. Well said, uh, Donald, and we leave it on that uh, note. Uh, that was me, Kevin Kelly, in conversation with Dr. Donald Fitzpatrick from uh, DCU. I hopefully you enjoyed that uh, interview, and uh, Donald has very kindly given out his details there. If you are uh, facing into uh, the exams and you have any questions or queries, uh, please reach out to him, and you can also log on to ncba.ie or check out our social media platforms for all the latest news. If you would like to be notified of future podcasts, please subscribe. To support NCBI, please visit www.donate.ncbi.ie.